I wanted to start today with an announcement. It's a fun announcement. So I wanted to uh, give you the heads up that we are able to pull off a Radius summer camp. So here in a few weeks, it's actually July 13th through the 17th, you'll have the opportunity to get on the app or go online and sign up your kids um, to participate in this camp. If they're in middle school all the way through high school, you could get on there even today and sign them up for camp. It should be a great time. Camp is a place where I have tons of great memories. It's a time where I've made a bunch of friends, but it's also a time where I got closer to the Lord. So for all the parents taking this in right now online, I'd, I'd encourage you to go check it out. It's just right down the road in Aiken. We're going to spend four or five nights there as, as, as kids together, and it, it should be, it should be a, just a great week. Jacob Smith is actually uh, directing the camp, so we'll meet all the COVID protocol. If you got a question, you're welcome to reach out to him. Or you could reach out to Ryan Maloney, who's going to speak at the camp. He's actually our campus pastor over here at, uh, at Radius Rocky Creek. You could reach out to him, and he can tell you some of the things that he'll be teaching. One of the things I've heard that's pretty cool, they're going to do testimonies every morning where students are going to share their stories. It's just crazy how when we get in, in a place like that and share our stories with each other, how it inspires us to go forward and live, live for the Lord. Uh, Ryan will preach at night, and he's going to unpack this little series he's going to call No Longer. And in that series, he'll uh, take us through different passages of Scripture and really teach how to follow, follow Jesus for a lifetime. So it should be a great week. Again, if, uh, if you're ready, we'd love for you to get on the app or get online and sign up your, your children. Uh, that, that thing expires on July 8th. So if you don't get it done, if, if, you, uh, if we fill up before you get there, you'll miss out. So look forward to having you at camp here real soon. It's Father's Day. So if you've forgotten, you can uh, run to another room or something right now and write a card for your dad uh, or jump on your phone and text your dad uh, wh whatever part of the country he might be in. But today we're, we're actually looking at Psalm chapter 1, which is really particularly fitting for dads. I don't know about you dads, but uh, this, this thing, parenting, is, is really one of the greatest joys of my life, and it is one of the weightiest things that I've ever experienced. You know, when we, uh, when we had our first child, we, we were excited. And, and then, uh, you know, we go through the pregnancy and then Isaiah is born into this world and we bring him home. And, and you just began very quickly to feel the weight, not only of, of uh, getting this kid fed and somehow trying to get him to stop crying and sleeping, but very quickly start feeling the weight of, how do I train this child? We've got six, so I've got to do it a few times. Uh, many of you have many different situations. And so today on Father's Day, there's for some, there's some pain. And we want to meet you in that pain and, uh, and bring some love and some kind of some hope on a day like today. Uh, some of you uh, have had fathers that have hurt you really bad. And so Father's Day is not that big of a deal to you. And I, I'm particularly sorry that you didn't get the opportunity to experience a good father. Uh, but I am excited that you're a part of this body and you can enjoy family life. And because of what Jesus did, we can call God our Father. So Father's Day, I thought, because it's kind of the radius way, that uh, I'd press you dads a little bit. So this Psalm 1 is right up our alley. Most of us guys like to be shot straight. Psalm 1 really just shoots straight. It'll challenge moms and, and uh, single men and women and, and children as well, but it's going to shoot straight us dads. So I'm going to let it do what it does. Let me read you the first few verses of Psalm chapter 1. 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. It's interesting, the writer starts with, blessed is the man. This is a day where we say, happy Father's Day. And it would be a little bit of a, of a generic definition, but you could actually start this, this uh, psalm by saying, happy is the man. And then, after you say, happy is the man, he actually goes into this negative little run of three things. He says, happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And then he says, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And you can probably feel the transition there from, from walking, standing, and sitting. You, you may have even done this at some point in your life where you're walking with a group of people and you're kind of with them. You're, you're, you're walking in the same direction, but, but you're not really connected and they stop and stand and maybe you don't know them and you stand on the periphery just for, just for a minute and then you, you kind of lean in and try to hear the conversation and slowly you work yourself into the group and now you're standing and communicating with this group of people. And then eventually when everybody's really comfortable with each other and you belong, y'all sit together. And as this passage unpacks it, dads, as, as he challenges us, as he challenges you, moms, uh, men and women, children, he says, happy is the man who does not walk and then stand and then sit with the wicked sinners and scoffers. You can feel a little progression there as well. So first, wicked is kind of generic, right? It's, it's, uh, it's just things that are wrong. And then he calls them sinners. So they're actually people that are uh, it, it includes God when you use the word sinner, so they're actually pushing back against God. And then finally, they're folks that are proud of what they do. So on a day like Father's Day, it's a great day for me and you dads to take inventory of our homes because holiness in this passage, a kind of a biblical word, is connected directly to happiness. So if you look around your house, and it's a really unhappy house, it would be fair to look at how holy your house is. You, you may want to, if it's an unhappy house, study what folks are taking in. For example, you may want to uh, adjust how much time that television's on and what it's on. You may want to probe to what folks are looking like on the screen, what kind of friends they have, common conversation at my dinner table is me sitting with the kids and asking them what new friend they've made. And then I'm trying to evaluate that friend because I'm, I really want to protect my kids from walking in the counsel of the wicked. And so, yeah, we're Radius Church, right? We believe in impacting everybody in our radius. We want all the folks that our kids run with, that we run with, we want them to meet Jesus, but we don't want to become like them. And so there's this fight on our, on our uh, spot in the family, dads, where, where we're supposed to protect the family from going the wrong direction. Uh, just a subject like lust, right? Every man and woman has a tendency toward lust, to desire someone else other than your spouse or future spouse. And so uh, that thing very quickly moves from walking where... 
where maybe it's uh, online, it's just something soft that we, we kind of scan by and we see and we allow our eyes to attach to just for a second and maybe a thought to continue. And then that kind of grows. And, and, and then the next thing you know, we're standing in the way of sinners. So we, we, we get attracted to it a little bit more and take in more and, and more and more, and what, what was just leaning in, listening, is now a part of our lives. And you might even call us an addict because we sit in front of a screen and stare at images. And uh, it takes our heart away. And pretty much any addict I've ever talked to, after the act, they're just, they're just misery, miserable. Holiness is connected to our happiness. And so on Father's Day, it's this great moment for us as dads. It's why it's so weighty to look at our families and just go, where are we? Man, the world's full of chaos right now. Kids have been on lockdown at the house with the COVID thing. The, uh, the racial discussions that are going on across our country has created all this, this uh, chaos is probably the right word. Um, it's, it's stealing peace. And so, so you got to kind of ask this question, how is my family in light of all that? Which may want me, may, may, if you're a dad with young kids, uh, you and your wife may want to start eliminating some of the chaos from filtering into your house just because it, it begins to suck the life out of the family. <laughs> it's pretty interesting that this writer, as he tries to talk about happy Father's Day, how a man can be happy, he tells him what not to do. This is always a moment for us to talk about what's going on in the cubicles at work, what kind of conversations are blossoming into something more dangerous. It's a great moment for every man and woman to go, hey, I need to move out of the, away from that table at the lunchroom where there's conversations that are beginning to tickle my mind. I'm walking with the wrong people and I need to move away from them because if I continue walking with them, I'm afraid I'll end up standing with them. And the next thing you know, I'll be sitting, I'll be, I'll be one of them. Instead, be on mission because we love all those folks. Here at Radius, we want them to hear the good news. And so dipping our head in there and loving on folks and being generous to folks, that's what we do. And uh, we want to continue to do. But there is certainly truth that comes throughout the whole word of God that holiness is connected to happiness. This uh, second verse actually brings a solution, which I love, because, man, fatherhood is not in a great state in the United States. We, uh, we've become a passive group of fathers. So there's been some talk lately as, as the riots broke out. One side, in a very untimely fashion, starts talking about the lack of black fathers, I would just argue that as a nation, we lack fathers that are engaged with their children. We need a revival of fathers. If there, was, if there was one thing outside of Jesus Christ that redeems the world, I would argue that if dads would step up and handle their business, the whole nation would change. And, and I would just put pressure on you if you're a white father. This issue of race should have been dealt with a long time ago at your dinner table. It should be absolutely unacceptable in your family to criticize someone of a different color or a different language. Uh, and that's got to be dealt with. 
my table is uh, filled with sarcasm. So we make all kinds of jokes about each other and, 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 and uh, all kinds of things. But man, there's, there's these lines that you have to establish that a father you do not cross and you, you teach your family how to walk in the ways of the Lord. And that's really what this next verse leads us to. He says, instead of walking with all those folks, do this. It's, it's, it's really cool. He says, but delight in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he, the blessed man, meditates day and night. So the blessed man, the one who is happy, his delight is in the law of the Lord. I happen to be privileged enough to grow up in a home where my father delighted in the law of the Lord. At times, I didn't love it because he thought church was more important than some other things that I thought were important. I can still remember missing practices because I had to be at church because he delighted in the law of the world. He, he was more excited about what I was taking in from the word of God than how well I participated on the athletic field. There were times I hated that and it bugged me. But looking back, man, I remember these scenes. I remember walking by our dining room. We had this big dining room table and my dad would be sitting in there by himself. He'd have his Bible open. He's an engineer. He had to have his little three by five cards. His handwriting was awful. And he would be taking notes from the Bible to teach other people. You just don't forget those moments, right? I can, I can still remember wanting to get to my dad early in the morning, and he is on lockdown. He goes to his bathroom. He gets ready for work. And then part of his, I mean, my dad was very disciplined. He had a certain time where he would stay in the bath, probably stay away from all of us, and get some time in the Word before he, before he engaged with the family at a very early time in the morning. <laughs> and now, as an older guy, I'm so thankful that my dad delighted in the law of the Lord, in the word of God. John Piper calls it in God's instruction, which is a, a great way for us to view it. Proverbs 17, 6 says this, the glory of children is their father. So on Father's Day, and as we take in these verses, there's, when you dads model this, when you delight in the law of the Lord, your kids, according to Proverbs, the glory of children is in their father. They see that and they recognize that as a way that they should walk. It is a uh, great leadership moment just simply to model being in the word of God. He says he meditates on it day and night. What does meditate mean? Best illustration I can come up with is a crock pot. Growing up, maybe you had crock pots. Man, you talk about, I, I hated carrots, but carrots in the roast beef, potatoes, and celery, they were awesome because, because really they turned into roast beef, right? When those carrots came out of the crock pot, they were soft. They were easy to eat. I loaded them up on my plate because it just tasted like more roast beef. It, it had permeated the taste of that nasty carrot, and I was able to take it in because of all the juices and salt and taste that came from the roast beef. So there's this possibility, dads, moms, children, that if we delight in the Word of God, that it would, it'll, actually, it'll actually permeate these souls of ours. And we will begin to smell, taste like God's word. And perhaps even carry the power that it carries as it works over us. 
He says, happy is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. How are you going to pull that off, families? How, how are we going to do that? Well, one of the things you can do is memorize. As a kid, uh, I was encouraged to memorize some passages. So, so even right now, I'm going to encourage every student, kid uh, at Radius Church. I, I don't know how much money this is going to cost me, but I'm going to keep fives in my pocket. And if you can quote, if you memorize Psalm chapter 1, the one we're reading through right now, and you can quote it back to me, I'm going to hand you a $5 bill. For some of y'all, that's not much money, but maybe it'll be a little incentive just, just, just to be disciplined and take this in because I believe by storing God's word in our mind, it transforms. Memorizing is really hard for me, so I'm going to slave at it this week. Dads that are taking this in, this is a moment to lead your family. Maybe you write it up on, on a whiteboard in your house and everybody works at it. But I'm telling you, this is a time where you and I can lead in the midst of all the chaos to a place where there's hope. God's word is the ultimate place of hope. So I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to post it online, which I don't post anything online. It's humiliating because I'm not great at it, but it's important. I want to store it. I want to I put it in my mind so I can meditate on it and have it wash over me. For me, a lot of times I'll take a piece of paper like this and I'll print out the passage, Psalm chapter 1. I fold it into fours, I stick it in my pocket, and I walk around the neighborhood. And I'll read a couple verses and uh, think on them and ask the Lord about them. And then I'll fold it up, stick it back in my pocket, talk to the Lord. It's almost like you're talking to yourself. You might, might look a little crazy in your neighborhood, but here's what you're going to be. The more you allow this to permeate who you are, that neighborhood is affected by the word of God. As you walk it and as you live in it and then have some of the truths about God ooze out of you. Dad, this is a, this is a good moment, if, if that hasn't been true of you, to reset. Father's Day, 2020, in the middle of COVID season. Look back to a day when I decided the Word of God was going to be an important part of my life. And I'm going to meditate on it day and night. Verse 3 says this, He... The blessed man, the happy man, back at the beginning, he's like a tree. I don't know about you, dads, but I'm in. Like, you call me a tree, that's, I want to be associated with a tree. He's planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Says he's like a tree. I think it's a little underrated for dads, actually, these days when we're trying to get dads to be a little bit more sensitive, which we certainly can grow in. Uh, trying to get dads to say that they're proud of their kids a little bit more and give hugs and, and, and all, all those things need to happen. But I tell you what's really important from a father is that he is steady. I still remember somebody asking me about this, about my dad, and it was just really clear growing up that he wasn't going anywhere. That might not seem like much to you, but for a lot of kids, that means a ton, that he's just going to be there. It was automatic. You knew he was going to be there. And if I was ever in trouble or if I had something great to share, he was going to be there. He's like a tree. That's true of women as well. 
That's true of kids as well that are connected, it says in, in this passage, that are planted by streams of water. You can be that solid tree stuck in the ground, right, that's not moving. What does it mean to be planted by streams of water? You, you have to look back to the verses previous, and you, you got to think that the water is associated with the Word of God. So I'm planted like my roots. You, you ever been down by the stream and there's these big oak trees that are, that are along the stream and their, their roots, you can actually see them coming down the banks of the stream and they're just soaking in that water and it's providing, providing strength for the tree and eventually fruit from the tree. So for, for me and you, as we think about taking in this good news from the word of God, even as you've got your family taking in this passage right now, it strengthens you as the leader of the home. Or, or, uh, or any part of the family. I was thinking uh, as I read that about uh, three black dads that I know, uh, good friends of mine, all three different stories that will probably represent each of you uh, taking this in on the screen. The first is a father uh, of three. He's got, been married for a bunch of years, and he, star- he got saved in high school and completely changed his life. I met a lady. I was actually at their wedding. And uh, has, has fought to be a good father. And here's what he's done throughout all those years. I mean, there's been some highs and some lows. He stayed connected to the word. And there's proof in the pudding in those three kids. I got another friend who uh, uh, married a lady that he fell in love. Uh, he came to Christ actually in prison. Fell in love with a lady who already had a few kids. So, so he became a stepdad. He went from... Not being married to being married and being a stepdad overnight. Some of y'all have lived this, lived this, and they had a child of their own. And so he's got this uh, blended family that he's working in. But again, centered his family around the word of God and has fought to love all of his children, both step and, and, and the children that are his blood, right? He, he loves them the same and it's produced fruit and he keeps fighting for the fruit. Um, I'd love for him to have, tell you the stories of how he's fought. I got another friend who, came to Christ after he had a child and uh, had never lived with this child and decided because of this relationship with Jesus to engage in his daughter's life. And he has fought for that year after year after year with very little rights to have time with her. And it's produced terrific fruit because of his fight to be a good father. In In all three cases, their ability to be great dads comes because they're connected to this stream of water. And that yields fruit. It's a big pecan down, downtown at, at a place that I've been visiting lately, and it is, it's this big, strong pecan tree, and, and stories are told by the folks that own the property of every year they come out and collect the pecans because it consistently produces fruit, the pecans. It does it in season now. It doesn't always have pecans on the ground out of it. And that's one of the frustrating parts about being a father or making disciples is that the fruit doesn't always just pop up, but it eventually comes. And it's worth the fight. He says at the end of this little part, he says, The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. It's really interesting living in the world that we live in right now because some of the wicked are really prosperous based on the, they have a lot of stuff, but they don't have a lot of stability. They, uh, they really don't know who they are. A lot of times they are what they have or they are what they've taken. 
And the man of God, the one who's happy, the happy man at the beginning, he knows who he is because he's connected to the word of God. And there's all this stability that he brings into every relationship that he has because of his connection, because his identity is in Jesus Christ. Doesn't really matter whether uh, you prosper with stuff if you haven't prospered with stability and health. I wish we could get that across to our nation right now. Five and six are great verses to wrap this up. It says, therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the, what does that mean, in the judgment? Seems like you wouldn't want to stand in the judgment, right? As we know from the New Testament, every one of us who's trusted in Jesus is one day going to get invited to this great judgment. We call it the judgment seat of Christ, where he's going to sit on the throne and he's going to judge all of us. And we're going to see the good and the bad, right? But the beauty of that moment is all the good, all the things in this lifetime that we've done to his glory are going to be brought to light. And it's going to be this monster celebration when you're sitting there out there in front of Jesus and he brings to light these things that you did that brought him glory. The whole place is going to erupt because it's all going to be about him. It's all going to be about Jesus. And you're going to have a moment to lead folks in worship of the great King of Kings, Jesus Christ is going to be a party like none other. I believe at that party, some of us will suffer some regret because we didn't have more things. We didn't have more of our life that brought him glory because once you're there and you experience it, <laughs> what's the old phrase? It's going to be off the chain. You're going to wish you had more to offer to glory, to glorify Jesus. But the wicked, they're not going to be there. Not going to be invited. They're not going to be in the congregation of the righteous. <laughs> Some of y'all are sitting there like going, oh, you, I'm not righteous. And you're right. The New Testament says that no one's righteous. Not, no, not one. For all of sin comes short of the glory of God. Every last one of us taking this in, in our parking lot at Lexington, out in the grass and Saluda and across all the campuses, everybody in every one of those spots is not righteous. They're all, they were all lost outside of the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, we've started back at some of our locations, and it's been pretty fun. We have this really sterile bread and juice. The bread tastes like cardboard, so I'm sorry. But it's one of our great joys to take communion on Sundays because we want to remember that Jesus' blood sacrifice on the cross and his body broken made us righteous before God. And so... You get invited to the judgment seat of Christ because of the righteousness that he's imparted to you by washing your sins away with his blood. Man, you talk about a great place to be. Can't wait to be there someday as we celebrate his sacrifice, but absolutely who he is. But for those of you that are righteous, based on his blood, it says, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So perhaps you're taking this in right now and you haven't met Jesus yet. And the mere fact that I would refer to you as wicked is offensive. And so I'm sorry. It kind of comes off the page like that. But when you read the scripture as a whole, I, I just want you to hear this. 
the God of the universe has pursued mankind from the beginning of the Bible to the end, all the way to today, and he wants to know you. The fact that you're a sinner uh, doesn't faze him because he has provided a sacrifice for your sins. So at the beginning, we learned he's holy. And so his holiness actually deeply impacts his ability to have a relationship with us. Because he's holy, he cannot relate to a sinner in any way. But he sacrificed his son, Jesus, on the cross so that he would satisfy the needs of a holy God so that he could know you as his child. Dad's out there, man, if you haven't met Jesus yet, certainly you meeting Jesus would be a great gift to your family. Uh, but more importantly, it'll transform your insides and you'll become a whole new man. It's done that for me. It's an ongoing process. Salvation happened in a moment, but I continue to be sanctified for a lifetime, as do most of the dads at Radius. We'd love to have you join. If you've got questions about knowing Jesus, about whether you're qualified, any of those questions, man, we'd love to talk about it. Please reach out to us. Online, there's an opportunity to fill out a communication card got any questions about that, please, please reach out to us. On that same card right now, if you've got a need, man, you're trying to figure out how to lead your family. If you would just write it on that communication card and allow our campus pastors to give you a holler. We'd love to help coach, pray, whatever we could possibly do for every dad in our bunch on a day like today. We do this together. We struggle together. Sometimes we even fail together but we fight as a group to lead our families to the glory of God. Hey, we love y'all. Appreciate all the work that the families at Radius do. Some of y'all on a day like today, uh, man, I just really want you to have a blast celebrating your dad. Some of y'all today have some pain and, and it's connected to other things. Please reach out to somebody. You know, like if you're sitting at home alone right now, reach out to somebody and let them know you're home alone so that, so that we can love on you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you uh, for your word and its power and use it now in our hearts. I pray over the course of the week as we meditate on it and many of us attempt to memorize it, that you would sink it deeper into our hearts than it's ever been and really change the way we think. But we want our neighbors to benefit from us knowing the words. So we pray that Psalm 1 goes into us it would come out of us to folks in our radius and we would bless them because we've been walking with you. Pray for all the dads, Lord, as they carry this great weight of training, loving children that you would uh, give them energy for it. Today, you give them a little rest, but you give them energy for it for a lifetime. We pray in your great name, Jesus. Amen.